0: And so here we see there's deeper issues. Jesus says things like, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. But the issue is, the deep issue is that they have forgotten where God has brought them from. Right? They're claiming that they can't be set free because they've never been slaves. Hmm. But if you know the story of Israel, then you know that, that they were once enslaved. They were exiled. Right? And as and, and Jewish custom is they are, they love storytelling. Like Jews love storytelling. Right? From the story of Abraham to the story of Jesus to the story of the early church and on and on. It is passed down from one to the other. The grandparents would tell their their kids, who told their kids. So they heard the story. Of God and, and being with them in exile and, and delivering their people and setting them free. But yet they're ignoring that truth. They're ignoring where they came from. Right? But yet trying to claim claim God. They claim to be children of God when it's convenient. They claim Abraham when it's comfortable. But they don't do the things that Abraham does. See, Abraham, he was a blessing, right? He was a blessing to us, right? He, God told him that he was going to be a blessing. But he knew that the Messiah was coming, right? And that the Messiah was going to be the ultimate blessing of his people, right? He understood it. He got what God was all about, God the Father, what He was all about. And Abraham talked about Jesus, right? He talked about the Messiah coming. But see, they they forgot. They ignored what Abraham was all about. They ignored the stories that Abraham told. But see, Jesus showed them who they really were. He showed them that he revealed their sins to them. Right? Jesus loves to ask questions. He loves dialogue and really getting to the deep issues in the person. And so that's what he did. He's like, the root is sin. Right? You are sinful people. You are forgetting who your father is. And he calls out that they are living. The father of lies, the devil. They were bound up in their minds, and they there was nothing changing them. And Jesus was calling that out of them. And so today, I hope that what we learn is that Jesus equals freedom, and freedom equals Jesus. Right? Jesus set me free. Whenever I was young, I lived for myself. I was a selfish individual. I did things I should not have done as a a child. I did things uh, that I shouldn't have done as a teenager. Right? I wasn't huge, like, into alcohol and and super into partying. um, To be honest with you, I did have uh, a little bit of weed growing up. But for the most part, it stayed under my bed. My parents didn't even know it. Because I was afraid that I would lose control of my own body. My mom like... Did you know that? <laughs> now you do. <laughs> but I, I, did, I didn't really get into that scene and uh, get addicted to drugs or alcohol. But I'll tell you what I was addicted to. And it's the worst addiction, really, that's going on in our day. Right? Not saying that this is a sin that's more so than another, but I'm saying like a lot of people are addicted to this. I was addicted to sex. At the age of 13, I looked at my first porno magazine. By 14, I was addicted to porn on the internet. By 15, I was already having sex with girls. By 17, Jesus reached me, though, through through a friend who started loving me who saw me for who God created me to be. And Jesus set me free as a 17-year-old that had a bad past, that was gripped by sin. He set me free, called me out to be a child of God, and I've followed Him ever since. Have I stumbled along the way? Absolutely. But I was gripped by sin. It had a hold on me. The chains were deep, rooted into my heart. But then the love of Jesus I encountered. It's like all the the chains were gone. The shackles were gone. And He's continuing to renew me even to this day. And so He freed me. And as a freed person, he calls me to free others. And so my main point to this message, if you hear anything today, is this. Free people. Free people. Free people. Free people. Because when you experience the love of Jesus in a way that just changes you, changes the course of your history, you have to tell other people. Right. So here's the thing, and uh, in my uh, upbringing, after even following Jesus, you know, people kind of was like, probably don't want to tell your deep dark secrets, right? But here's the thing: if I can confess to you the sin of my past, and it changes someone here today, I will do it in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. because I'm. It is so worth. Being humiliated in public and saying, hey, I was a sinner. For someone else to hear the word of the Lord and be set free. Amen. And so today, if you are struggling with sin, whether it be, you know, a, an addiction to pornography, uh, addiction to drugs, addiction to gossip, whatever it may be, you can be set free today. It happened in me, it can happen in you. So free people, free people. And I think that the church's message should be of that, of freedom. And today we're joined with thousands and thousands of other churches all across the globe talking about freedom. And I just want to tell you how cool God is, is because God started putting this story of freedom in my heart weeks ago when Pastor Anthony told me that I was speaking this Sunday. And it wasn't until Wednesday or so this week that I just looked up freedom, right? It, as far as a global search, and, um, I think I looked up Freedom Church or something like that, and it said Freedom Sunday. I was like, oh, Freedom Sunday, that's cool. Yeah. When do we celebrate Freedom Sunday? I clicked on the thing, that said October the 18th, 2015. I'm like, God, you're awesome. <laughs> How in the world? I had no clue. So God is good. Yes, so Jesus came down. He left his familiar home, right, with God the Father. God the Father sent him down incarnate to move into our neighborhoods, right? And he broke the power of sin and death. Abraham also had a similar situation where he left what was familiar to him, and he became a blessing to others, right? And it's in that story, in the story of Abraham, and in the story of Jesus that we, we come and the, the church is still continuing to set people free because of the message of the gospel. So how do you become freed from sin? Jesus has to show up. You can't do it on your own, I'll tell you that. I've tried. Right? I said I, I gave my heart to the Lord and was set free, but... In a lot of ways, I tried to overcome my addiction to pornography on my own. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. But by Jesus' help and, and the teaching of him who uh, you know he taught many things while he's on this earth, and through accountability, I continue I continue to go through recovery. The fight is never over. We live in a world that's saturated with it, so the fight is never over. But Jesus is continuing to make me the person I'm supposed to be. So, how do we become free? Here in this passage, here's what I hear. We have to know which father we're following. In this passage, you see two separate fathers. Right? The father of truth, the father of all truth, or the father of lies. Right? God the Father is the father of all truth. He knows truth. He is truth. He created truth. He is creator. Then father of lies is a deceiver. He's there to still kill and destroy. And he's still doing that to this day. So we have to ask ourselves, who is our father? As sons and daughters of this father, of this king, we are set free, but we are set free to something as well. We're set free to be a part of this huge family, this huge story, right? Not the story of America, not the story of Rowan County, but the story of God that goes from the span of creation to the end of the story and on and on. We're a part of that story now once we realize who our father is, the father of truth. And also we have to change our minds. Right? We have to shift. In Mark 1:15 it says, the time has come the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. We're to change one mind. We're to repent. We are going this way. we are to shift our mind and go this way. All right? We are following the path of lies. We're to follow the path of truth, All right? That is what we need to do. We need to change one's mind. And see, by doing that, we're really fulfilling God's original plan for us. See, we talk about, you know, a lot of times in church, in church history, we talk about original sin. Here to tell you this, God's plan was not original sin. God's plan was original blessing. We were a people that were blessed. In the garden, it was perfection. We were one with God, and God was one with us. Sin came in and messed up God's original design, right? And He is restoring us back to that original blessing. When He is setting us free, He is making us into a new people, a new creation that is pleased in His sight. So, when we confront our mind, we have to confront our will, right? Because slavery, if you look at slavery and what, what slavery does, is that the master breaks someone's will. It's the, the, the design of the master is to break the will of the servant. And by breaking the will of the servant, you become a slave. You Not just in the flesh, but in your mind as well. You have a slave mindset. And by having a slave mindset in this day and time, is to have the habit of sin, right? The master, the devil, the deceiver breaks our wills and makes us have this mindset of slavery, right? And I love love the story of the Underground Railroad and and just the story of um, people being set free here in, in America. And one of my favorite voices in that movement is this of Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman once said this, I would have said slave, I would I would have freed more if they would have known they were slaves. She would have saved a whole lot more if they would have realized that they were slaves themselves. Right? Their mindset didn't change. They become comfortable. They become uh, the norm of, of their will being broken. But Tubman was wanting to, to set them free. She wanted to put their mindset back. And so what freedom does is it frees our will. Freedom frees our will to view who we are by the Father who looks at us. A freedom mindset Grace becomes the habit. Praise becomes the habit. Freeing other people becomes the habit. Um, a couple weeks ago, I watched this movie with Kubi uh, Gun Jr. in it. Um, great movie called Freedom. In that, the qu- quote coming from this says this, No one can shackle the hope that is hidden in our heart. If only you would believe it. We all have hope. It's hidden down there deep. You might say, I I can't. I'm too far from it. I can't reach that hope. The shackles are so deep in my soul. The sin is so deeply rooted in me. Hope is there. Hope is wanting to set us all free from sin. So what is sin, is the question. What is sin? I think a good definition of this is sin is whatever we say think or do that breaks the heart of God. Whatever we say, think or do that breaks the heart of God. So what breaks the heart of God? Does it break God's heart when we lie, when we cheat, when we steal? Does it break God's heart when we try to run from Him? Does it break God's heart when we don't try our best in school, teams? Does it break God's heart when we don't care about our marriages, when we don't care about our children, when we don't care about our family? Does it break God's heart when there's people that live on the street without homes? Does it break God's heart that even here in Rowan County, there's kids that get on the bus at the homeless shelter? Does it break God's heart that there's kids here in this community that does not know where they're going to eat when they get home from school? Does it break God's heart that the orphan crisis continues to get larger and larger and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of orphans in our world that is waiting adoptions. Does it break God's heart that there's thousands and thousands of kids that's in our foster care system that is waiting for someone to love them and to call them their own? Does it break God's heart when people are hungry? Does it break God's heart when children are thrown into sex trafficking? Does it break God's heart that there's 20 to 30 million of our brothers and sisters that is living in slavery right here today? The biggest time in all of history, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking industry is booming. Does it break God's heart? Does it break God's heart whenever there's violence still happening in our streets here in Rowan County? Whenever we uh, read the Salisbury Post, and we hear another shot went down that weekend, someone was hurt, someone was killed. Does it break God's heart that we have an issue with gangs that floods the gun violence that also is connected to human trafficking as well? And all of them are interconnected. Does it break God's heart that there's people in our world right now that lives on a dollar a day and they suffer daily where they're going to get the food? How can they work? Right? Does it break God's heart whenever churches don't do anything about it? Does it break God's heart when Christians don't resemble Christians? Right don't resemble the Christ that they claim to follow. I think it breaks our heart, it breaks God's heart when he sees all that happening. So free people, free people. Being set free sends us on a mission to set others free. There's a story that sheds light to the roots of the Westland movement here, uh, especially in the South, that changed my life. And the story goes back to the year was 1847. There was this young anti-slavery Westland that took the floor of the convention, the, the conference, the church conference in Ohio. And in that church conference,
1: the leaders of that conference said, "Hey, there's some issues that would have been brought to light that's going on in North Carolina. And our Quaker brothers and sisters are
0: calling on our help. Slavery is getting bad. Things are happening that is awful to people down there. And they're asking if we, as our anti-slavery denomination, if we would send someone down to help them. So out of the conference, out of uh, many hours of prayer and fasting, he comes and says this. I will go, sustained by your prayers, and in the name of my Savior, I will go to North Carolina. His name was Adam Crooks. Adam Crooks was 23 years old. He was newly ordained and he was single. He moved to North Carolina in the midst of slavery and brought change. He partnered with people that were living for the kingdom there, Quakers, Mennonites, those who took a stand when slavery was going on. And he started a church named Freedom's Hill Westland Methodist Church in 1847. They, they were a congregation that took a stand when it wasn't, wasn't very popular, right? There was a bunch of churches in that area still. But they didn't take the stand that Adam Crook's and freedom still took. See, this little church and the congregation there was actually a safe house for the Underground Railroad. This little church, Adam Crooks and the leaders were shot at while worshiping Jesus. Right? This little church, people were brought out, hung on the trees near the church. Adam Crooks actually was hung on a tree left for dead the congregation went and cut him down after the oppressors left and he wasn't dead breath came back to him guess where he went he went to the town and started preaching the gospel and people freaked out because they thought it was the ghost (laughs) of Adam (laughs) Crooks this guy stood before the court system there in Alamance County, North Carolina, and said that slavery is sin and that slavery should be illegal. Set the people free. And the court system said, you're crazy, you are going to be punished for who you are because you are true Westlands, is what they started calling it. And he was poisoned. Several of them were poisoned and flogged and beaten. And the poison actually eventually ended up taking his own life. Um, But Adam Crooks and the story of that church broke my heart. See, because I grew up listening to the stories of slavery and um, the Underground Railroad being taught in the school. But it wasn't until I stood in that church, and one of my favorite professors at Southern Westland University told me the story of Adam Crooks right there in that church. The school had bought the the church and brought it on the campus in Central South Carolina and made it a monument, a place where the the story of the Underground Railroad is told. I remember just being behind that pulpit and thinking, think about the message that was preached in this place. Think about the discomfort that was preached in this place. You know, when they feared for their lives, right? they were a free people, free people. And I remember it was towards our graduation and all the, the staff brought us down to the altar there. At this little one-room, small wooden church there. And they laid hands on us and commissioned us to go with the gospel message. And so I was commissioned in that little church. And so the story of this church just transformed me because now I experienced some of the, the story, right? I experienced as a free person that I am not to stay silent on the issues, even of my day. I need to speak out of, about it. So, we as a free people are called to renew the world. See, if you think about the story of of our society as a big piece of fabric, the fabric has been destroyed. The original design of, of our world has been destroyed. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are to repair that fabric, right? And to do justice to sow in the the justice, to set people free, right? And not just sit in our churches or sit in our homes and do nothing, but to set others free. We're called to make disciples. And it says this, to teach them what Jesus taught, to baptize them. And so we do that here at Mission House. We want to be known for our message of freedom. But here's the thing. The disciples that we make is not disciples of Dustin. It's not the disciples of Anthony. It's not the disciples of, of us, but the disciples of Jesus. You are being discipled by Jesus. He's using us as a vessel. He's using you as a vessel. See, we're not to be disciples of, of Rick Warren, of T.D. Jakes, of Joy, uh, Joel Osteen, of Oprah, of Ellen. We are to be disciples of jesus right and so churches need to to get out of our of our cages right we need to throw away our egos and stop caging people because i believe that the church is doing a lot of harm they're caging people's mindset and they need to be set free i love stories of i love church history um but there's a story of Celtic Christianity. And they used to have this expression of the Holy Spirit. They called him the Anglo Gloss, which means the wild goose. The wild goose in that culture was, was not tamed, it could hardly be caught. It was wild. And the Holy Spirit is wild. But what happens in the church is we've put him in a box this is my Jesus, this is my Holy Spirit, right? I'm going to box Him in. Well, it's time to let Him go. Because when He is let go, when, when the Spirit is upon us, when the Spirit is in a place, when the Spirit is in a people, people are going to be set free. So at Mission House, we are gathered and we are sent on mission. And the mission is to bring people into freedom, to mobilize an army of love, not like a draft would, right? When you think about war, you think about a, you know, a draft where you're commissioning people to, to join the draft and it's like a demand. No. Nah. With us, it's because the Father is calling. The Father is calling us. Calling me, calling you to join in the mission of hope. The mission of freedom. To, be, and to bring about good in our communities. So we are a band of brothers and sisters on mission together. We are free people, free others. So if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. If you hear the truth today and you believe it, you are free indeed. I believe that there's people here today in this room that heard the message of Jesus, the message of hope, and they're willing to be free today. And so today we're going in the service with a call. Are you free? Are you a free people? Or has sin got a grip on you still? And if you are a free people, then let's go out in the community and free others. There's a bunch of issues going on in our world, and we listed the things that broke God's heart. Doesn't break yours? I hope it does. We're going to end with a song called "Amazing Grace." The song is about the amazing grace of God. The amazing grace that also can transform a person. On both sides. See, the story of of John Newton was a story of that. One who was for slavery, but by God's grace he was transformed and he became a spokesperson that helped to abolish slavery. And this song was birthed Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that can save a wretch like me. John Newton was set free. I was set free. Harriet Tubman was set free. Right? We are set free. And I believe that others are going to be set free because of, of this message. Of our mission here in Salisbury. to the saints.